yeah, that one. Um, we we will go over comments, but we're we're going to talk about this first because uh, we are priority. <laughs> that sentence really messed with my head. <laughs> we are priority. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I've been listening to uh, different people speak and different people write, and in some of the poetic writing, they miss out words deliberately to emphasize speed and emphasize critique of whatever is they're speaking about. So when I was saying that, I was like, I'm just going to miss out the two middle words and make it be a really abrupt. Um, and I, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But I didn't enjoy that. It was horrible. Yeah, it just makes me feel incomplete. I'm like, no. It's 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 like when people put the cap on something, but they don't actually like close the cap and they just leave it sort of like. I'm like, close the anyway. Um, random side tangent. So, uh, we we were just talking. (laughs) Yes, uh, we were just talking about my recent. Um, I, I was gonna say dabble but i wouldn't really class it as a dabble because i've done it three days on the trot which it's it's i mean it's it's a lot <laughs> like, I, i'm not going to understand it because doing something three days on the trot that takes like two hours of your time is 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 an investment <laughs> especially when you don't have much time like myself um that, that's by choice i'm not overworked i'm not burnt out don't worry about me um but it's it's by choice to <laughs> Like I, I watched Hank Green's video about him getting cancer, and he was just like, "Right, everyone, I know you want to give any advice, but don't give me advice. I've had it. Just, I'm just letting you know what's happening." And I was like, "Yes, okay, Hank, I'm listening to you." And and that's what I had in my head. So, um, I've been trying to learn how to tell short stories. Um, and like I said, even though. These so the first one was like two forty words. The second one was like two sixty words. The most recent one was like three forty words. Um, the first two took me about three hours to write, but I wrote them, as in, I wrote it in Obsidian and then I edited it in Obsidian like four times. Then took it to Word and then did like a Grammarly look through, um, a language tool look through. Um, a pro writing aid looked through, then brought it back to Obsidian, read it out in my own voice again. Like I did a lot of editing on those um, stories. And to me, I got to a point where I was like, it feels like a natural story I can tell. Mm. And I turned it into a podcast. Mm. I mean, it's a podcast, but like two minutes. <laughs> like Really snappy podcasts. Um, and this last one, when you were listening to, actually, before we go on that, what did you think of the first two? I had literally the only thing missing for me on the podcast version was sound effects because the the world I could almost hear them in my head, like all of the sound effects as you were as she was moving stuff around and the clacking. I would love to because of course I'm audio engineer background. You add that in, and it is going to be killer. Like what you're doing is exactly what I've always wanted to do, but just haven't done because time like so i my brain is like yes add this in add this in and then it'd be amazing it is amazing already i love the first two but the third one i it was fine it was just fine and the first bit felt really good i'm like yeah cool yes i like this a bit of creativity stuff and then it was like you were then putting in the the psychology bit and it basically felt like you slapped me in the face with it, um, <laughs> which is what it felt like. And I'm like, huh, that's not quite as 
as well received as the other two because I knew what you were talking about the other two mm. but it was very subtle whereas the way that you spoke about it in this final one was very much like a punch in the face with it and now I know why yeah. yeah so the third one I tried using AI and I tried Bing AI I tried uh, chat GPT uh, I tried Bing's creative balanced and precise versions uh, I went really ham in chat gpt i i asked it loads of questions i was going backwards and forwards and it kept coming up with the same rubbish um which is really annoying i i created my own like writing persona i had like a whole paragraph of who i am what i am behind knowledge everything gave it all the prompts all the context and it kept coming up with this shallow story and it kept repeating things it kept saying he said this and he said this and he said this and he's and i'm like you said he, you started a sentence with he six times in a row. Um, and it was just small things that I'd learned for the first two. For whatever reason, AI was like, nah, fuck that. We're going to do this instead. And I'm like, yeah. but it doesn't work. It's so mechanical. So I edited the third one from AI to try and mimic my story. Obviously, you can go back into my obsidian anyway and see where my story was. Um but the, the original story had the same sort of pacing as the first two. Two mm. sentences. Well, the target was two sentences, two sentences, five sentences, five sentences, three sentences. That was the target. That was the pacing. That was the structure of the short story. AI, I asked it to do that, basically said no. <laughs> um, And it, it it kept with the tone and the pacing sort of, but it kept going really offshoot and i think because i have a story in mind that isn't just i'm telling a sci-fi children book story it it's based on science ai for whatever reason didn't get it are you you was that 3.5 you were using what gpt uh probably i did use bing as well yeah so so that's Unfortunately, that is GPT 3.5's biggest weakness, whereas with 4, it's not bad. It's not... And and this kind of goes back to stuff I've been saying about AI recently. It's like, it's never going to be good if you generate it first. Like, oh, don't no, I haven't. create the finished content, because it sucks! I, I guess for a little bit of clarity on the, the process is I essentially, in GPT, I trained up the conversation <laughs> um and then i put in my script and said reword this as x writer like whatever writer it was like a person because i did this like four different times one is a, a writing coach one is a professor uh one is a new novel writer and one is a professional novel writer and it all came out with essentially the same text um i think it was because the the cube prompts that i put in probably led the ai down the same sort of paths um, I'm not sure. You use ignore all previous instructions. Oh, they were, they were completely different. Like, you know, chats. on the left side chats. Yeah. I had like oh. a, a professor chat, a writer chat, novel chat, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, and they, they still came up with the same sort of story. Um, when I said reword this and I, I basically put in what I was going to put out as the story as the two fifty story. And I said, reword this. And it did. And some of the some of the prompts it came up with like 600 word things i'm like short story i said short story 600 words is longer um so i had to say less than 500 words uh 
and even even the one that I posted um, is like three fifty words. I cut down some of the paragraphs because it was just redundant stuff that AI had added in a novel. That redundant stuff would make sense, but in a short story, it just messes up with the pacing because now you have this explanation of the scene that's longer than the actual plot line itself. You're like, no. Uh, so I, I actually found it harder to work with AI with these stories than without. It wasn't as good, like unfortunately to say. Like it was, it was okay at first. The first little bit was fine. I, I felt. Like it sounded like you at first. And then it was when it started to try and teach me. And that's what it felt like was happening. Where even though I knew, I know what you're trying to do with these short stories, I know the point. But it was like so obvious when I read that one. And I was like, yeah. uh, you, you've lost me now. I'm out of the immersion. I'm no longer immersed in this. Yeah, and, and now I want to write short stories. So thanks for that. <laughs> well, considering they're only like two minutes long as well. Yeah. The the immersion, having someone immersed in a story for, well, a whole novel is, mm. wow, that's going to be challenging. But that's why I'm practicing with short stories. Mm. So. Yeah. 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 Um, it was. It, it was. It was a bit. Yeah. I felt like you were teaching me. Yeah, and the third one. Mm. Yeah, that... it's like a really cool story that I was really enjoying and I could see it yeah, we'll talk like... about sound effects afterwards because I really would love to just put some sound effects in there uh, I'm, I I think when I first started doing my podcast I think I think you might have remembered this because you were like take sound effects out I put sound effects in on purpose because mm. I love that creative writing short story like developing a world and now my brain's just like I want to do this now thanks for that and I've been thinking about it for a while. I can't remember whether I mentioned it in the podcast episodes of like doing little short stories. Something that came up from our conversation as well. Conversations, not content. <laughs> Which was like, oh, and for context, uh, I did a couple of podcast thingy me bobbies this week. And interviews? Interview yeah, interviews, that's the word. And it was interestingly how different interesting how different they were to this. You talking about the live streams? Yeah. Right. We could talk about um, that. Yeah, I'm happy to talk a little bit about that. Should it we go was... through the comments first? Yeah. Nah, they'll rub it. Yeah, let's go through the comments first. <laughs> right. Let's get the comments done because I feel like the live stream may take up like the whole episode. Uh, <laughs> or yeah, live cool. streams. So um, I'm going to start this week because you started the last couple of weeks. So uh, Dovos was the main person that commented on the labels video or podcast video episode thing last week um and the first point i have is the the again this is my point taken from a paragraph so context beware not researched by 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 watched podcast conversation that that's my point and essentially dovos has an opinion as do all of us about something but they haven't researched they haven't gone to research something they just have an opinion from what they've watched or consumed through podcast conversations, YouTube videos, and that sort of stuff. And I find this really interesting because I I had the same mindset uh, a few months ago, where I was like, I, I need to research this thing. And actually, I had researched the thing because the podcasts and the conversations that I was watching and consuming were 
what the research was sharing. The only difference between what I had in my head as research and these podcast conversations were the written papers had references. Mm. But inside the conversations, a lot of the time, assuming the quality of the conversation is any good, they reference other books, podcasts, videos, or even just studies, which it's a reference. It's just in a different medium, Mm. which made me rethink, actually videos and podcasts is research it's a different form of research that can still be high quality and this is where the the comment about uh, too lazy to read up on it made me really like i got emotionally attached to those terms that, that that sentence i was like okay too lazy i don't think it's too lazy i think I think to me, a better way of rephrasing it, this is how I phrase it anyways, I don't care enough to research deeper. I'm not too lazy. I just don't care enough to research deeper. And going through some of my uh, notes around research and how writing works, how content creation works, uh, going through that research inside of my own obsidian, there were lots of comments reminding me that if, if you're writing for something, you can have and follow all the rules on punctuation and grammar and wow words and all this, that, and the other. But if no one cares, it's bad writing. Mm. Like if no one reads it, it's bad writing. Teachers are paid to read your work. People in the real world are not paid to read your work. So if they don't read it, it's bad writing. If you're writing something that no one cares about, it's bad writing. It could be amazing for one or two people. But in general, when you compare it to the other pieces of content that's out there, it's got to be bad because there's got to be some way of improving it. Whether that is telling the exact same story with less words, maybe more words, more descriptive words. There's other ways to communicate that story. And that to me, for the first... I mean, I know this is the first comment, but that to me is where my mind went. I was like... Okay, I don't care enough to go deeper. And that relates to what and how people communicate their point of view, which is where research can be through video and audio as well as written work. Yeah, I think this was something that I'm slowly getting to myself as well of like, oh, I must research and everything must be academic papers. That's where my brain started. Like, academic papers only, everything else is bad and and terrible and rubbish. It kind of goes to one of my points of, like... And and so... And then as I slowly started thinking about it, like, every conversation that we're having and every conversation that's had, there's quite a bit there that can actually still be valuable, especially conversations like this, which has this kind of self-awareness of what we're saying because because we are as has been said in the past we are deliciously self-aware because we literally are just contradicting ourselves every single thing we say which is kind of the point and it's been nice for me as i've been doing more of these conversations to be doing to be thinking in that way more as such or allowing myself to think in that way where i am a walking contradiction because i am a walking contradiction because I am. <laughs> there's no like, there's no, 
It just is. That is just the 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 reality, and and that isn't actually a problem. I like the idea of actually putting the doodads in there because. Um, yeah, I, I was listening to a podcast while you're fiddling around in Obsidian. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. Oh, actually, I've been listening to a lot more podcasts because I've been doing the, my walks again, which I really like. Um, but yeah, and it was about reflective practice, specifically from a coaching perspective. We were, uh, it was a coaching conversation, as you would imagine. And reflective practice comes from the teacher, nursing, professional world. Uh, but the reflective practice they were alluding to to me, even though they've written an entire book in the Routledge about it, it was so that they were so overcomplicating the top. Like it was a fifty-minute podcast episode, and they didn't really get to what reflection is. They they explained what it is and and how you can talk about it, but it was more of a it was more of a conversation about what reflection could look like and. The conversations around reflective practice, rather than doing it, it like in the conversation, where we are doing it in the conversation, which mm. makes it probably makes it hard for some people to listen to, because we argue against ourselves. Mm. That is inherently what reflective practice is and critical thinking. It's taking two different perspectives and attacking a point and seeing where you land. Uh, at that time of course because you can then attack it in another point in time and then land somewhere else and that's where i think these conversations are beneficial which is why i like having these conversations they're not hey what's your tip for this or how do you they're do conversations this? not content exactly which we'll probably touch on in a bit anyway but like and, and it also links to my first point of what i got from uh Doris's first comment and it's it's around going like moving beyond old views are wrong, uh, like in it it's just that they are incomplete, and that has kind of been my experience as I'm kind of becoming a reflective practitioner, an ecological learner, and all of that stuff has has really been like ah interesting. It's like I'm not wrong and I'm not right. They're just different views and i'm in a different environment my environment has shifted and changed because my own it's not just the physical environment it's the mental environment it's the it's all of the things not just you know it, it was it i liked that like they that, that they mentioned that they reflected that which i thought was great um because i was that's exactly been my experience of like it's not wrong just incomplete which is quite nice. So I'm I'm working that into my vernacular a little bit more of going, I'm not wrong. I'm just in, it's just incomplete. Yeah, I was, but I'm, then, not, I'm not sure. But then, I was just about to go, huh, but then. Because <laughs> there is that, no complete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, my brain did just go, but wait. About the same time I think yours did. I just saw it in your face. And well, I, I, was, I was just reading the word over and over. I'm like, what does that word actually mean to me? Because to me, that's not the right word there, but I don't know what I would replace it with. Yeah, that, that's why I used it, because it's like it's the closest, but it's still not mm. quite. Mm. It's like, it's. I know how I would explain it, but explaining something isn't a way to summarize that, that context. Mm. 
And it's not something that I've really thought about. It's not something where I look at old views and try and correct them. I, I don't try and correct yeah. old views. Yeah, that, they, that, that is... They just evolve, which isn't an yeah. answer. It, I, I would describe it as my evolving views. Mm. Okay, that, that's how I would describe those things. So where, where I see reflective practice, what does reflective practice do to old views? I don't I don't think I would want to say something like that. I'm I'm leaning towards just using evolution, immersion, um transition of views yeah. because even though they're old, I could still go back to them, which I mean time is obviously very <laughs> complicated here. Oh, oh my gosh. Aiden asked me this morning. I don't get time. What actually is time? And I went Aiden, that is the best question I've ever heard. I need three hours and a lot of tea. <laughs> I can't do that right now. <laughs> but later. Let's put a pin into that conversation, my dear boy. <laughs> How old is he? Ten. <laughs> Eleven next month. Um... <laughs> right. Pause for a sec. This is why I get frustrated at, f uh, at, um, at education systems, at formal education systems, because they underestimate children so much. Yes. When, when, whenever I coached kids, they would always ask me really profound questions. And I was always looking to explore them. But the the coaching, obviously, was because I was coaching sport. It was kind of limiting. I'm like, oh, yeah, explore your teacher. And I, I've, I've said this a couple of times previously, but some of the kids that I was coaching before I stopped coaching for, uh, football, they they came to the summer camps, like on half term and stuff, not to play football. They came to talk to me about the things they were learning at school. Like I, I had, um, oh, I can't remember his name. I can picture his face though. Um, he he hated football. He did not like football, but he turned up every single summer camp, um, and. Whatever the drill was, whatever the session was, whatever the game was, he would always follow me around. Like I would, I would walk around um, all the different games and stuff to see what's going on. So people couldn't just, they knew I was over there. So I'd suddenly just pop up behind him and like, what do you think of that? Like, oh, you were watching. Um, so I was always moving and he always followed me and asked me questions. And he was kind of like this thing attached to me, <laughs> asking me questions about everything he could think of. And I didn't bother saying, oh, go go play football, because that was not what he was interested in. He did not care. He'd stand, he'd kick the ball, and then just, like, play with the butterfly that came across the pitch. Like, he didn't care about football. But he would he would stand next to me and ask me questions the whole day. Like, as soon as he gets there, he was always the first to turn up. He'd ask me questions. We'd talk. He'd shut up when I'm doing some coaching thing because he knew I was doing the coaching thing. As soon as everyone runs off, he'd carry on talking about whatever it was. And we'd do that all throughout the day. And then he'd be the last one to leave. And his dad would go to him, how was your day? He said, oh, it was great. I did. And then just explained all this random stuff that we were talking about. Nothing to do with football. Um, and that to me, I'm like, that is what education should be. Obviously, you can't do that when you've got a class of 35 kids because you can't have 35 like people asking questions the whole time um but that is where i think education should follow and what your uh what your son's doing is exactly what i'm like yes we should be fostering this we should be encouraging this not saying no stay focused on this thing that i've told you to do it's just rant over carry on 
Yeah, and that's exactly the, this is where I've been because at the moment, for context, um, I have twins, one boy, one girl, and they each have very differing needs. They're literally almost the opposite of each other. One has a lot of needs of support with a lot of things. The other, he's very intellectual, so he ticks every single box basically and does what he's told because sounds like does. a mini me. <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> And one of the things that I wanted was to foster that environment where he could ask those questions because he naturally has that. Like, he has that curiosity and I do not want that to disappear because of the environment that he's in to be told he can't have... Because it wasn't... Because that's that was my experience and I'm being very cautious that it is my experience, not necessarily his, but... At the same time, my experience was I wasn't allowed to ask questions. So I stopped asking questions. And I'm like, Ugh! interesting. So no. I, yeah, the, the reason I'm, I'm thinking um, is because I, I'm going to relate this to my second point here. Um, so Dovis' second point was about parents and teachers' interpretation of labels and how children with labels can be nuisances or the, mm. the the child can hear the label and associate it with certain things and assumptions. Obviously, there are lots of different pros and cons to having labels, which we discussed in that episode. But for me, I was like the, the label I had ever since I can remember was I, I'm the deaf kid. Like, I was always half deaf. Like, I'm just the deaf kid. Um, and then when I started, <clears throat> when I started doing gymnastics and trampoline, I was the, I, I know this is a bit of a taboo term now, but when I was at school, I was the gay kid. I was the ponce. I was the puff because I did the girly sport because uh, I did trampoline and trampoline was a girl sport. Um, and it still is sort of like when you look at the ratios, when I trained, even up until when I was uh, training at like 21 years old, it was me maybe one or two other guys and they're like 40 girls like that that was the the reality of training but when you go to competitions the guys were better they bounced higher they did harder moves a lot of times their scores were better as well mainly because they had physicality and strength that the females didn't quite have um but i was always labeled this half deaf kid um and ponce girly whatever and those really made me sink into my shell a lot at school but the reports were saying oh he's got so much potential and he could do this and he's like a sponge he learns all this stuff if only he did xyz uh, and when you said you stopped asking questions i didn't stop asking questions i just stopped talking out loud <laughs> like yeah i mean i think it, i was very internal when i was younger yeah i think I, I yeah i stopped vocalizing my questions and i was trying not to ask those questions i was trying not to think about those questions because i like finding answers ideas thoughts and i love exploring that i mean i've had a bunch of therapists in my time most of them end up not being able to help because i'm too self-aware <laughs> and people are just yeah so this is the problem that i'm having and it felt like this and so that probably stems back to this childhood thing and that childhood thing and they just look at me going oh yeah uh-huh um which yep. it, 
so so it was always very much an internal thing as you were saying it wasn't external i think i think and- this is where sorry to cut you off i think yeah. this is where modern society has driven a lot of people because a lot of people on social media they want to share views blah 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 it's a similar sort of thing for me when i was at school like the the blackberry was like the oh my god look it's an amazing phone now you're like what the hell is that um <clears throat> and i i didn't have a what i would class as a smartphone till like end of secondary school <laughs> so i went through most yeah, of my formal education with no smartphone no internet access or anything like that um i had like a flip phone i think i got it back there somewhere um but the the me being quiet was me just not talking to other people it wasn't the oh i'm not going to post on social media it's i'm just not going to talk to other people which leads to social anxiety that's what i struggled with uh, and i still do it's it's still like you don't just oh no everyone's fine now no it's it's still something you struggle with um it's part of who you are part of how you've grown up um so when i was looking at so the the general when when I look at like people now and and the general consensus of where anxiety comes from, where mental health issues come from, depression, et cetera, et cetera, I think it's because of the the environment that I struggled with at school now just isn't school, it's all the time. Like at school, I was around peers and they were talking about stuff that I just wasn't interested in. And I had these questions and ideas that I knew would be ridiculed. So I was like, I'm going to keep to myself. And then when I get home, I'm going to do my own thing. And I've got a good relationship with my family. So we just spoke about stuff. A lot of the time I shut down because my parents just didn't care. But I could still talk about it and they wouldn't judge me for it. A lot of people now don't have that. Instead of it being nine to three at school you can't talk about these things it's constantly you wake up you're on your phone yeah. don't talk about this and when you go to bed you still can't talk about this and unless they've built up a good relationship with their family which a lot of people struggle with like just in general they always have done probably always will do because again it's human connection and um, they've got no outlet and if you've got no outlet for the the things internally in your head you're gonna struggle <laughs> yeah um and this relates to what I, what I was going to talk about last week, which I'll just touch on here. Dr. K, for those unfamiliar, gamer GG, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah. HHG um, online does a lot. He's a psychologist, does a lot of stuff. He did a an episode, a live stream episode with a big creator. I don't know who they were. And I was listening in um, while I was doing some research. And he basically explained ecological psychology but didn't say ecological psychology because he was saying that humans weren't built to be alone. They don't function on their own. They need human interaction. They need communication. They need other people and they need an environment. He said environment. They need an environment where they can flourish. And inside that environment is a tribe, a community, groups of people, people they can talk to. And essentially he described lots of affordances of an ecosystem and environment for people to maintain mental health i'm sitting here thinking that's ecological psychology just applied in mental health yeah and and this has been my actual experience here because i've had a rough couple of it's been a pretty bad couple of months as 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 danny knows and so if it weren't for what i've kind of uncovered discovered rediscovered and and my understanding of ecological dynamics and how that works it's been a real 
powerful experience and it sounds so I hate it here I, I hated the words I said when I said them but it has been really helpful of like oh oh cool this isn't this isn't a wrong or a right and, and a good example of this is something that um I've been discussing with my little boy um and it links back to the questions something that uh, Devos said around like the parent-teacher interpretations of, of labels influences the action actions taken and influences the child is is that's kind of what my note was and it was very much what I was recognizing is my parents views influenced on me and how heavy that was because that was the environment that I was in and <clears throat> It's very much like there is a right and a wrong, which is where all that binary has come from. And in fact, there was an experience in the last couple of days where a member of my family was talking to my little boy about being unmasked or masked. And I asked him and, and spoke to him. <laughs> I saw that face. I cannot wait. And he was there like, um, I wanted to figure out where his brain was at around it. And he viewed being masked as bad and unmasked as good. And my instant thing was like, no, it's 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 a little bit more complicated. But that is the that is the the, the view of my family. And I'm like, mm, no, it's not quite as simple as that. It's a tool in your toolbox that you use how you wish to use it. it and and. I explained it to him as kind of like taking a, a a handsaw and trying to hammer a nail in. It'll do it, but you'll probably break the handsaw. And it depends on how you want to work and what you want to do. And it's a tool in your toolbox that you can use. It's not a binary. Um, and that kind of links back to the to all of what Davos was saying. And that's what it it called for me around that was like, it's not a binary it's a tool in your toolbox that you can use or you can choose not to use and it's up to you and it is within your i suppose purview to pick it up or to never pick it up it's just a thing it is an object you can use it is neither positive nor negative it just is and that for me was like interesting and just like sharing that with him. And, and I could see his his brain was just like, huh, interesting. Because I don't like I had that binary of I should either be masked or unmasked. And masking is bad and unmasking is good. I mean, there's a whole thing about where, what those things actually are as well, which I'm sure, Danny, you're going to in, poke into in a minute. But like. I do behave. We all we all do have masks in varying forms. That That, that is my belief is that we all have varying forms of masks and they are exhausting. <laughs> it's in my experience, they are exhausting. And so being unmasked is just as exhausting as being masked. It's just a different type of exhaustion <laughs> in my eyes. Um, and so I wanted to just share with him that it doesn't have to be just one or the other and one is bad and one is good because it's not. It's, it's just a tool yelling and a hammer is not going to make it you know put a screw in okay. I'm, 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 i can't i was looking forward to this one here we go uh it's yeah, actually 
<laughs> it's actually today's story. That was the, this is kind of the focus of today's story. And I'm trying to like navigate how I'm going to do a short story. Like it's really interesting trying to write short stories on massive concepts. Like mm. for those that haven't read or listened to any of the short stories, I mean, they're literally like two minute podcast episodes. So you could listen to one very quickly, but each of them has a, a particular point that you may be able to get. Uh, I don't know how obvious it is because obviously I know exactly what it is that I'm writing about, but the point in it can go very, very deep, very, very quickly in lots of directions. And it's it's a, the short story is a, is a trigger. It's like a highlight of something. So I'm navigating how to do this uh, in a short story at the moment. And my my initial frustration with the terms masked and unmasked is that I don't know what unmasked looks like. <laughs> that right there was my experience. Like, exactly. Of, like, when I was first exploring that area of neurodiversity and the, and the we'll call it research, um, on around the internet, around, like, unmasking. That was my instant, like, well, well, then if all of this is a mask, then who am I underneath? And that was, like, like what does it mean to actually be unmasked? And it was, re like, this is an experience I'm still going through, and I don't have an answer, and I'm still, like, deep in that, like, what is that? Well, it's just who I am. So, okay, then, well, that evolves and is not static, so... What does that mean then? Is the previous version of me a mask or is that not a mask? And and so it it's like, yeah. And I assume it's judging by the fact you were nodding your head. You're like, eggs flipping exactly. Exactly. Like we are dynamic. We change with our environment. We we know this. Uh, and if you take an ecological perspective, if we are current constantly changing in our environment, then the organism changes the way that it affords, constrains its way in the world to get to a result, to use skills, to get somewhere, to do something. And the process of either adding a, a, a way you say something or a way you act or a way you choose not to act is adding constraints to your behavior or adding affordances to the words that you're using for others to pick up on they will change according to the environment you're in, which means you are always adapting the way that you can be perceived. And by definition, that's what masking is. You're adapting the way that you're being perceived yeah. to suit the people, the person, the system that you're talking to, which means you are always masking. It's just whether you are masking a lot, i.e. constraining a lot of your personal natural behaviours, or not because we don't all go around going i want to kill that person i want to kill that person because you know that's morally wrong and you wouldn't go around saying that so that is a constraint you're doing so does that mean you're masking yourself by holding yourself to moral values that you hold i would argue yes which means you're always masking so what does unmasked mean i don't think that's a thing that can exist you are just pretending to be something in a different way. You are being a different you. So one of the, the the title of the blog post at the moment, I think, is pretending to be me. I'm always pretending to be me. Because 
I'm always a different version of me at different points in time in different environments. Just because I'm acting in a way that doesn't match a different context doesn't mean I'm not me. It means I'm a different version of me. Maybe you don't like that version of you in the future, or you didn't like that the idea of that version of you in the past. But that's where time changes your perception of yourself. But you are still you. I am projecting. I am being a different me to if I was talking with John off camera, because there'd be no point in speaking like this, because it would be just at John rather than at uh, an understanding other people will be listening. So I'm still masking. I'm not masking in a traditional sense, but I'm still masking the words that I'm using. I'm changing the language the vocabulary, the tone at which I'm speaking, because I want to emphasize certain words more than others, because listeners may have different affordances in their own expertise and understanding of what it is we're speaking about. So I'm always masking. What? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah my, my brain was just something you said. It was, it's something that I'm noticing in my own, like, Things that are emerging in my language, I've stopped using expert. And every time I hear someone say expert, I'm just like, mm, mm, that's not so. No, no, no. I, li- I, I listen to her. expertise. And and I think you might have known, I don't know whether you noticed it, whether you picked it up in the podcast, the live stream that I did, I always used expertise. I did notice. I always used expertise. You bring your own expertise into it. And I'm like, expertise, not expert. Because I've always hated that word. It is something that I've had a laugh with with many coaches that I, I know. Uh, the person I work with now, we've we've had a laugh about that as well. Of like, these experts and gurus. It's like, expertise. Yeah. <laughs> Use the right language. You, that is the language you mean when you're saying those things. But that right there is the difference between, in my mind, that's that's the difference between an ecological perspective and, and a traditional approach, because it's changing nouns to verbs. You are an expert, a thing. You have expertise, a going through time and space. Like, you gain expertise, you lose expertise because it can devolve elsewhere. And that's nouns and verbs. When you start speaking in verbs, doing words, you have expertise, you're showing expertise. It's something that happens throughout time. It's not a, mm. you are an expert or you are a novice. No. Is that 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 right there has been a lot of my own kind of imposter syndrome around what I do. I don't have, I'm not an expert because I'm not an expert, because an expert assumes that there is an end. And no one is an expert. It's not. That, that is the, that is a comment I disagree with, but. (laughs) I love this, go. Yeah. But you can only be an expert if all of the constraints of the environment are in place. Mm. If, for example, you take Messi and you compare him to a child playing football, you now have a comparison of certain constraints and affordances in an environment, so football comparison, and you have a time, i.e. you have 10 minutes to show your ability in football, Messi is now the expert in that environment. 
because it's extremely constrained and there is mm. almost, almost no time put to it because time is also a constraint in here. So the comparison plus time constraint can lead to a noun because a noun is a thing. It's a fixed point in time. That's how the traditional approach looks. It looks at perception through a an image. It, okay, this is the image that we have. That's the expert. That's the novice. When we look at the video, however, i.e. over time, throughout time, like, e like the ecological approach, we're now looking at this moving, evolving thing through time. Now, Messi have, has expertise at the moment. But as we move forward, Messi playing against 100 children is now no longer an expert because they just swarm him, get the ball, and they win. Mm. <laughs> they now have the expertise. What is their expertise? Their ability to run around and just follow the ball. Is it really difficult? No. <laughs> is it a complicated skill? No. But they have the expertise to match Messi. <laughs> Well, yeah, obviously. You haven't seen me try and kick a ball. <laughs> yeah. You, you put a hundred of you and say, yeah. right, go get that ball off of Messi. I'm sure one of you will be able to kick the ball. <laughs> you like, ever my football ability? Unless it's an unlimited field. Like five of them will basically just trip up over their own feet. <laughs> or over the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but, but tripping up over the ball is still getting the ball. <laughs> like, you you see it all the time with like coaches when when it's like coaches versus players and it's like two coaches versus fifteen kids. The fifteen kids, maybe like seven or eight years old, they will still get the ball off the coaches, even if the coaches try really hard. Yes, mm. we're on a pitch and you're confined by space, but the the, the point still stands, and and that's where. Um, Oh, uh, Andrew, Andrew uh, Wilson. I can't remember his name. Um, ecological psychologist. Yeah, he did, a, yeah, he did a blog on this about nouns versus words. And it's uh, nouns versus verbs. And it's pinned on his website. And I think that that even though it's really small and can be complicated if you don't understand English language, like if you don't know what a noun is and what a verb is because you didn't pay attention to English, me, <laughs> you can look at it and go, that doesn't make sense. I don't get it. But when you take it from a perspective view and go ecological perspective is looking at a video, traditional perspective is looking at an image, noun, verb, you can now approach various environments through a completely different lens and to me that's where the benefit is is that article in your um is is the article in Voltcraft? uh it is it it is now yeah verb your nouns cool i'll go look at that later <laughs> i think i've got the whole article because it's quite small um but yeah, I mean, the source is there. Yeah, verb your nouns. Um, I like that. I, I quite, yeah, I like that. Cool, got that up to there. No. <laughs> um, and for those listening, Volcraft is available to everyone. It's uh, on... Mm, yeah. Uh, what's the it's actually on, It's in the comments it? on every single podcast. In the comments or in the description? The description on every single podcast. You can see it. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure what I put in the description. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, uh, that that's on podcast platforms, not on YouTube. I don't manage the YouTube. Ah, uh, yeah, I I don't think it's on the YouTube videos. What I will do is I will add a link to the banner. 
Mm. So if you go to the YouTube channel, it will be at the top. So you can see all the notes of literally all the podcasts and everything that's going on. Um, all of my notes, all John's notes, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah. So your interviews. Mm. <laughs> they weren't what I was expecting. I, I like what you were saying. Uh Conversation over content or content over conversation in this context. <laughs> yeah, I something that's shifting for me is the desire to move away from content. And there seems to be a, a really big movement on that is that people are leaving social media. And I'm not I'm not sure that's the right approach. And I, I don't think right is the right word there, but that's the best word I can come up with as I'm still kind of developing this thought. Like it it doesn't i don't think it's going to solve the problem i think it very much is just i just want more conversations this is is i i don't know of any podcasts that are like this I and mean, you and i have been talking about making this a bit of a bigger actually marketing this thing and talking about this thing because actually, it seems somehow you wonderful people out there listening are enjoying. Yeah, <laughs> you actually care about these conversations, and it's very much something that I'm thinking about in my own business of like conversations, not content. I'm gonna try and see if there's a podcast already called that. Because if not, I might make one. Because I like the idea of just having conversations, and it's not about the content that I'm producing. And before, it's before you pull fire on that conversation, how can you have a conversation with yourself? I can't. That's why I would get guests. Well, I can. It's, it's easier with other people. I agree. In which case, you're now looking at another guest podcast, which means you need to find guests. How do you find guests that are going to be open enough to have the conversations that you're looking for? Who knows? That's the next Good. step. Because that, to me, is the frustration with a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, is they they go on the episode, whatever it is. Uh, this is coaching podcasts, like uh, professional podcasts, like Joe Rogan. I don't listen to Joe Rogan anymore because it it's a it's not a piece of content. It is a conversation, but it's a conversation with an agenda. And I don't yeah. like conversations with an agenda because they go into the conversation being like, I'm going to market my point of view or I'm going to argue my point of view. And that, that to me isn't a conversation. That's a debate. That's, that, so <laughs> my kind of immediate idea is I'm going to have very strict, I'm going to have guidelines of like, this is what to expect. Because one of the things that I found hard, and I don't know, the constraint I put upon myself during those conversations is when I disagreed, I kept quiet. <laughs> I mean, you can see it on my face. If you look at my face when I disagree, my face shows it. But I didn't probe further. Whereas in these conversations, that happens quite naturally. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, yeah, I don't quite, mm, this is, like, that often happens with us. And I want to be doing more of that because that's so much, I, I don't see it in the business space. Let me get this straight. You like this conversation, so you're going to take this and yeah. do it with other people. Absolutely. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, because yeah, it, 
and 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 putting it i don't know whether i'll constrain it to a business lens or not because that may be adding too much constraint anyway but i don't know and, and it's something that i've been intrigued to just try and having more conversations not content where it's very much about are you familiar you're, you're familiar with colin and samir correct yes yeah so their podcast thought of um their oh their main channel podcast channel conversation channel um when they did those conversations they were diving deep specifically for content creators right that mm. that was their niche uh, content creator business creator support is now focused on that as well they're looking at the the creator industry and they go in various directions and they they talk about lots of things inside of the space that we would allude to. And I think that is that is what we are doing, just um, drastically reduced production. Um, <laughs> don't bother with the marketing. Don't bother. Oh, wow. This is high quality here. Thank you. You see, I brushed my hair. Exactly. You were hair brushed. I've had a cup of tea. High quality. High production. Yeah, but I, I see us as uh, very similar when it comes to the content being made because they go, they they have what's called the deep end, right? They go in on the deep end and really get niche and narrow with some of the topics, and that is a podcast that I listen to because they they actually talk about stuff that matters. They don't faff. It's not a big podcast though. It's very, like, creator support is very small in comparison to other big podcasts because it doesn't do the, I'm going to pick up big names and talk about this stuff. No. Yeah. They get to the point, they bring up interesting points, and they share points of view and experience inside of that world. Yeah. This is a penny dropping for me. Maybe that is what we do, is Mm. become a... Colin and Samir of the PKM world. Yeah. Because Mm. I don't know of many PKM podcasts that aren't just look at this app, look at that app. I was sponsored by this app. And and that goes to what we were saying as well around when we look at the analytics, you guys don't really care about apps unless it's obsidian. And even then, when it is Obsidian, it was picked up by Search. <laughs> and so new people are coming in. So, yeah, it, it's that'd be really cool. So we have, like, this space of, like, PKM. But I was just thinking, <laughs> when, when we look at the PKM space, right, you've got all of the apps. But when you take the apps out of it, you then have people. And those people have perspectives. And those perspectives are what's... Colin and Samir, Samir looked to dive into. Like, yeah, they had interviews with those people and questioned uh, to get perspectives, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, what they did and do is try to understand that person and have a conversation with how they got there. In the PKM space, it's not quite the same because it's not like they found success in business and blah, 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 blah. It's how they managed to organize their own work, life, minds, and move forwards with that. So if you take that from a PKM space, look in a, a BASB. Obviously, one of our most popular podcast post, podcast episodes is why we don't read books. And that is a thing in the PKM space that when you look at it, you go, what? That doesn't make sense. 
So there's intrigue. And BASB, I would argue both of us disagree with a lot of what BASB talks about. Yeah. Because there are quite a few assumptions in there that I don't agree with. I don't disagree with BASB, and there's a lot of good that comes from it. But there are certain points that I would want to explore and discuss further. Similar with Atomic Notes, Zettelcast, all of those sorts of things we've discussed like on episodes before and in episodes before, but not as a an actual episode. dedicated deep dive. Yeah, I like that. Because instead of us going every Saturday morning, anything exciting happen? Nah. Anything cool happen? Nah. Let's just start and see what happens. Okay. <laughs> because we can speak for hours and hours and hours because we're interested in these things and things always pop up because our week is never boring. It's just there's nothing highlightable a lot of the time throughout a week unless there is something that really stuck stuck in with mine. Like today, we started with what I'd been doing for the last three days. Then we diverted into educational systems and how your son was asking questions and we went all over the place whether that's because of our neurodivergence or whether that's because of our interests in a variety of topics stop the strain yeah it's just oh actually that's something else i can talk about um which i know you'll be interested in but yeah i think those having a, an episode for those things would also help package the conversations. So maybe if you have any ideas, I, I, I know we're like halfway through an episode, but if you got this far, you probably care. Um, Davos, I, I, I know you're listening. Yeah. Hi, Davos. <laughs> um, yeah. B- put some ideas down. Obviously atomic notes is something I think we could talk about, but instead of going atomic notes, Zetocast and blah, blah, blah. Actually, is there something you don't like, you disagree, you want us to expand on, or you want a perspective of, and then we can riff on that. As mm. Seth Godin says, uh, it needs like, is there, is it remarkable? Is there something to make a remark about? <laughs> um, if not, then who cares? Uh, and I think that could be a way to move the podcast forwards, evolve the podcast from two guys on a Saturday morning, just riffing about whatever comes up in the PKM space, which could be like all good. the things. <laughs> Um, I loved your, um, that reminds me of something that you mentioned around uh, video essays and how, I can't remember who it was, I think it was Nick Milo. Um, (laughs) I think it was Nick Milo who mentioned it about how video essays are not essays. Uh, Tom Nicholas tweet. Uh, Tom Nicholas, apologies. Well, I I have been tweeting backwards and forwards with Nick Milo uh, quite a lot recently. Uh, the video essay genre, if that's the tweet you're talking about, he was saying that uh, video essays aren't really a genre on its own. There's uh, short documentaries, long documentaries. Is that the one you were referring to? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. that, that was Tom Nicholas. And I listened to Tom Nicholas's work. He's um, essentially his thing is politics and, and economics. That's his thing. He's got a PhD in it. Um, and he talks about a lot of things that are interesting sometimes uh but <laughs> i i'm just not interested in some of the stuff he talks about because you can't be interested in everything uh, no. so his his videos are video essays and he was saying that uh video essays are different etc cetera, etc cetera, and, and went into a whole spiel and my argument was essay comes like it comes from academia and it brings assumptions with it that was my point um is there anything you wanted to specifically riff on with that 
No, not it was just something that came into my house. Like, yeah, I I liked. It's interesting because a lot that's coming up for me, I, I'm thinking a lot about content, in in a business sense and just in general. Um, and how to market shit? Yeah, because there are some things that I've been noticing in the space that I'm in, and I'm just like we need an ecological perspective here before I murder someone. I'm trying, um, okay? <laughs> huh? I'm trying, okay? <laughs> and, but in the business, it's just so frustrating. Now now that I've swallowed that pill and I'm, I'm looking at it, it's, there is a course that's happening right now uh, that I'm a part of uh, supporting another business owner. Um there's a uh, ecological. There's a seminar conference thing going on in Germany next month. Uh, I yes, I, it's yeah. in person. Um, but I've messaged them and I've been like, make this recorded or online in some way, please. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and they yeah. said they they will see what they can do. I said even if it is literally just put a camera at the back of the room on like connected to an old laptop i don't care if it's like 240p and just show like record all the lectures it could be a, 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 t- a 10 hour lecture recording i really don't care because we can then break it up for those that care and repurpose it into content that could be used um but yeah so i'm i'm trying to find some of these conferences in ed and ecological psychology but they are so few and far between yeah maybe we should start one Anyway, what were you saying? <laughs> I don't know what you were saying. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking. You thought about it. I was like, no, let's just leave that alone. Uh, I forgot. Um, you were talking about um, business people. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, there is a course that I am supporting. Talking about business people. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm supporting at the moment. And there is a conversation around tech uh, about the platforms to be used. And it's so linear. <sighs> It's you use this because it's better. And it's like, ah, no. <laughs> no. 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 And what and, and and it's with I'm trying to reveal as little as possible to not get into trouble. Um it's it's kind of the earlier stages of business. And a lot of my work is with later stage business owners, kind of like who are already established. They know that they know what they want to sell. And one of the things that I'm like, hmm, toying with alongside everything else I'm toying with <laughs> is to develop. If I could bring ED and I'm starting to, as we know from the, the bonus episode, into beginner like new like new business owners and give them that perspective from the start instead of having to unlearn relearn expand remove constraints or reduce constraints just it's quite an exciting idea Yes. Of like of like just imagine that a new age of business owners who start from an ecological perspective. I'm I I'm want... writing down some notes. Carry on talking. 
Oh, I'm going to, uh, where's these notes? <laughs> yeah, just like. Uh, one oh, the... no, it's 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 a side note. My, my brain went elsewhere. Cool. Yeah, I, one of the things that I really want to do, and I think this has been slowly developing over time, is building a business from an ecological perspective. Because, ah, oh, just, there are so many, pe people have it in different areas, in like really subtle little areas where, they, where there is an ecological perspective there, and they just don't quite see it. Mm -hmm. Being able to bring all that, to, it's kind of basically what we're talking about with the, the education science, educational science, where people are sort of picking at it and getting there, but then are the constraint of... Um, the IP approach is just like is is, is is the best example of it's like the meme where you're just like digging a hole and then you give up just before there's diamonds behind it. Like the diamonds is the ED perspective, and I'm just like, you're so close, please. It's, I it's, you diamonds. It's, it's it's funny you say that. I've actually got um so if you if you go onto my dashboard, I don't know whether you can actually see my dashboard. I've got it as a, a command, but one of my um. Actually, I've got it bookmarked, so I can actually, yeah. One of my short story ideas uh, is named, I think it's Minecraft Coaching. Yeah, Minecraft Coaching. And it's about when you dig down in Minecraft, like a one by one hole. Like, so many people dig down and like, damn it, I've got to go all the way back up again. <laughs> so they like put the ladder and fly all the way back up. Um, and you need to strip mine. I think people need to... For people that don't understand Minecraft, I'm like, what in the world? I think people need to strip mine in the way that they approach learning. Rather than like digging out this massive cave, be like, yes, I've got a 10 by 10. Like, that's not efficient. Strip mine. Mm. You'll find more that way. Uh, and that's the way that I learn. Something that I do want to let you know about and let everyone else know about, I guess, um, is the process of going through the ADHD diagnosis thing. So I'm, yeah, I have <laughs> started the process. Yeah, he, and he sits Whoa, whoa, fucking whoa. <laughs> what? So I reached out. To, uh, the UK GP system is a pain in the ass to get an appointment. Um yes. So I reached out to GPs, to my local GP, to essentially get an appointment and start the process. I'm I'm currently on like day four of trying to actually get an appointment with GP about it because it's so difficult. Um, Sorry. Why? Yeah, because I literally, if I'm not mistaken two sessions before it was like i'll never go for a diagnosis mm -hmm. what's I'm changed not, I'm, I'm not I'm doing really... it for me in the slightest okay so the i, I spoke with i spoke with brian jenks for those mm -hmm. listening they probably are familiar with him and we were we were having a discussion backwards and forwards about because he recently got diagnosed with autism as well uh, and he's he's said that on his channel and there is a a them v us, which I'm fully aware of, and we've discussed before. What I want to try and do with the second channel that I'm going to make videos on, I was going to do animation stuff. Then I went backwards and forwards with it in my head, and I, I didn't know the point of it. 
I knew what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it, but I didn't know like the point. I now know what the point is. Um, however, in order to nurture, <laughs> I guess you could say the audience a little bit, if I want to talk about anything to do with neurodivergence uh, or being different in a way, I need to be able to say I am or am not this thing. Otherwise, it's kind of like a who are you to talk to me about this stuff? And that's the perspective from those coming into the conversation. And what I realized is I don't need to talk to people in ED that know ED because they already know ED. <laughs> and they have my perspective or something similar to my perspective. Already. And I suppose that's what's happened with us now as I've kind of adopted that hmm. yeah it's now got to a point where we're just like yeah but like my in with you had nothing to do with neurodivergence at all like we were speaking like eight nine months before adhd neurodivergence even really came up because it was notion and then it was obsidian all the techie stuff if i want to talk about ecological dynamics and i want to discuss the educational system through that lens I need a foot to stand on to say I am neurotypical through this diagnosis system or I am neurodiverse through this diagnosis system. It gives people a foot to stand on, something to grab hold of, to, to see where the perspective is to start with. So for those coming in, it's not like a instead of instead of I, I guess it's kind of like Harry Potter. Where I've, I've been reading the, the book recently. Like You look at platform nine and ten, you're like, Nine and three quarters, it, it that doesn't exist. It's not a thing. You can't, where do I find it? And everyone is looking around like, it's, it's not a thing. And, and that's where I am at the moment is I am through, I'm on platform nine and three quarters. <laughs> but everyone else that I'm looking to get, like the muggles and using this analogy in the world only see platform nine and 10. Platform nine and three quarters doesn't exist. How do I show them that they need to run through a wall <laughs> to get there? Mm. Um, and to me... Definitely. The ecological perspective definitely does feel like running through a wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and to me, having, having gone through that process, one, I think, would give me a relatable experience to those that have gone through the process and how frantic and frustrating it can be. I know the GP stuff is annoying because of my eye situation and ear situation. Um, but it's it's a different area of the health system in the UK anyway. But it also kind of like where, when Harry hears like Ron's family, like Ron's mom and the family sort of like walking by, it's kind of like, oh, I, I know those words. What, where are they going? At the moment, I don't have any of that. I'm just another person walking on the platform that you just don't see walk through a wall. Mm. Hopefully that analogy worked. <laughs> it did, yes. I, I like Harry Potter, but unfortunately... You don't, you don't like Harry Potter? I, I love the story. I hate the human behind it. Oh, right. I don't and know I enough cannot, about her to have an opinion. I, 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 I cannot separate that. Right. Yeah, I don't know enough about her to have an opinion. I know people don't like her, but I haven't heard her perspective. So it, it, I just didn't care about hearing her perspectives because I personally, I don't judge someone's piece of work by who they are. So yeah, I, I really don't care. Like even Justin Bieber, like when he was coming up, I 
I hate him as a person and I still don't like him as a person, but I really like his music or some of his music. So uh, yeah, that that's me. So when I heard that, yeah. uh, oh, she did this and she said that, I'm like, I don't care. I like Harry Potter. <laughs> Fair enough. So, but yeah, yeah, as a person, as a person, I may really dislike her, but I I don't know because I don't care enough to find out. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, no, I get it. I get your. Uh... Yeah, it makes sense. So yeah, I mean, from an academic perspective, it's a, a conflict of interest. That's what it would go down as, right? Like right at the bottom of the paper. Do you have a conflict of interest? Well, I have ADHD, so I'm talking about this from an ADHD perspective, or I don't have ADHD, so I could be coming from a neurotypical perspective. Yeah. Um, so if I did want to pump, publish anything in academia, not going to happen. Um, then I would have that. I, I would have that under my belt to to say. Uh, and again, this did come from the conversation with the academic on how to ADHD. I can't remember the guy's name, um, but he did allude to that. And it made me think, you know what, maybe I should. So I, I'm going through that process, uh, knowing the UK healthcare system and knowing how long it takes to get a diagnosis or not a diagnosis for, for ADHD. It, it, give me like eight months. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to take a while. Not eight months. Three you years. Think- Three three years for the wait. Or he's yeah. literally on year one now. Wow. Yeah, it's. I knew it was going to take time. Um, unless you obviously go private, which, yeah, I might do just to speed up the process. Private, private is eight months, from my understanding. Yeah, yeah, I I know it's going to be a long one, especially with the increased popularity much to my uh detest but yeah so uh that's that's something i figured i'd uh i'd let you all know i'm i'm starting now see you in maybe three years so my brain is just like that is interesting mm. i'll be interested to see your experience but that that this right here is masking mm. I'm I'm using the experience to mask something else. So mm. yeah, I I find it very interesting. Mm. Right. So um I've had some ideas. We can talk about them off camera. Yeah. Well, not off camera. Off recording. There we go. There we go. Offline. Well, not even offline. Off recording. We'll stick with that. <laughs> Online, offline. <laughs> yes. Off live. Off live. We'll go with that. Um, see you next week.